0: Welcome everybody and happy Friday. This is Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen and joining me as always, looking nice there in kind of a dusky little bar, although he's not actually there, folks. Don't worry, Andy's not. Well, maybe he did have a bloody marriage. I didn't. Body.
1: I didn't go to the bar today. I thought about walking down to the bar, but I had to put together an article, so I didn't do it. Um, Yes, good call. Alex is officially on fire with Tennis Picks. We'll bring that up later. Some sad news about tennis. um, And There was spoiler. that wasn't so bright. Yeah, not not so great how it – we won, but it didn't turn out so great. So real quick, one last time for the week, get your $500 risk-free bet when you sign up for title sponsor WinBet. You can sign up in numerous states now. In fact, it's a $1,000 free bet. I just put up another article explaining the math behind expected value and why you take a free bet or a risk-free bet, and you plop that thing down on like a 10000 to one because they'll let you. It's silly. So look for that. I have that up at Betsports right now. But before we get too deep into the episode – And just because I can't pick my nose in college basketball right now. Although I will say, (laughs) I said, all these lines are like super tight. I didn't have very many edges. I didn't want to bet any NIT. And I think like three of these favorites cover or one, but did not cover by like a point and a half. The total that I kind of like went over by the hook. A lot of those games were really closely lined. And honestly, I'm glad I didn't get involved. So kudos to me for not being dumb but we will be bringing in repeat this is probably second or third time god knows how many times he's been on frank the <laughs> featured he was featured um That's by a pretty big pretty big account yesterday he's a random college athlete and he's from uh, elite sports betting not driving trouble keep
0: straight looks paper. about as excited about baseball as i usually do
1: yeah, this was this is the face you make. Uh, Pizzola pointed out. this is the face you make after an zero and five day. But uh, Frank,
2: how are we doing? <laughs>
1: Sorry, I had to use that. that it was just I lovely seeing you uh, seeing you all over Twitter yesterday.
2: I know that you you must have been the submission just for this. Like you submitted it, and then I'm I'm on there, and now you have me all on. <laughs> I feel like you're taking advantage of my newfound fame.
1: It's it's called creating buzz, Frank, and it's what we do
2: here. I have yes. friends if
0: you can't take advantage of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I gained like probably a good thirty followers yesterday,
1: <laughs> just from like <laughs> this guy's name. where I'm gonna follow. There's
2: like, there's people no way that they uh, that this guy actually exists, and I and I did, and I started responding to some of the things you were sending me, and gained some followers along the way. the The, the point you brought up to me, the Thurman Merman reply, was. Hands down, the best one.
1: Yeah, because he that, didn't even that, caption really it. He out. just put a picture of Thurman Merman from uh, Bad Santa, which was funny. So,
2: when that Frank, came out, it was my dad's favorite, and I understand why now. It was, it was just perfect.
1: Because he, he, got, he got the joke. Yeah. Uh, Frank, you're a big baseball better. You've got a lot on deck. You've got a lot on your hands here soon. I'm sure you're super busy with that, but we're closing up the basketball season. I don't even want to talk baseball. I did already this week. That was enough. My head's spinning. There's so many advanced stats in baseball that it hurts my brain. Basketball is yeah. a little easier for me to get. So We do have the Sweet 16 this weekend. I don't know if you've put any plays in or you have any action or any thoughts. I, I should go back and look. I, I did articles for each region and picked my Sweet 16 and then, you know, I filled out, like, 15 brackets, too, and a lot of those were different. So I'm going to have to go and look how, like, my actual public-facing bracket that I put in those articles did. I sure shit didn't have Oral Roberts in, so I know I'm probably probably 15 for 16, honestly. <laughs> I think I had Illinois moving on. So, um, I mean, any thoughts? Are you yeah, – like I, mean, I just said before I got you on, too, like those NIT lines were so tight. Is that kind of what we're going to run into once we get this deep in a tournament?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I do think there are overreactions at, time, at, at times, you know, you, I think you see this in a lot of sports or, you know, you talked about baseball, maybe a pitcher that's had a couple of good starts, but maybe his indicators aren't so good. Um, we're seeing that, I think, a little bit here with like Oral Roberts and, and Syracuse, the runs they've gone on have been impressive. But I I feel like if we played these games two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that these lines are a good Two or three points in the other direction, uh, which is kind of where I have them now. I'm not one to play spreads uh, unless it's a slow day, or I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't really trust uh, certain matchups or things like that. But this Oral Roberts game, this is their best matchup so far. I mean, the, the other teams they played have had two big men that are leading, and that could have, uh, you know, EJ Liddell just really took advantage of them down the stretch. Ohio State realized, hey, we're not making any shots; we can get free layups all game. Uh, And and they did that, but uh, this team twice at the end of games has gotten hot uh, and, and sort of took that one from Ohio state by, by getting hot. And it benefits them having two or three, you know, 90% free throw shooters that helps. Uh, But this Arkansas game, Arkansas like them is incredibly undersized, right? There's, it's sort of like uh, the Arkansas, this Arkansas team reminds me of like when the warriors are playing Draymond at the five, you know, like this team um, has the ability to do that. And, and, they can, they have great passing big men between Smith uh, and Williams uh, in, in the low block. But from a matchup perspective, they're not going to be able to just use their size to take advantage of them like Florida did, like EJ Liddell did for Ohio State. Um, so this is, you know, I made this game like 14, but I, I, I'm hesitant just because this is the best matchup so far for Oral Roberts, and on the Syracuse size side. For the last month of Syracuse basketball, teams have shot 30% against them. I, I, I The zone is a hard thing to master for some teams, but this is getting ridiculous at this point. And they're shooting the lights out, and they do have good shooters. But eventually, this thing has to come to an end. Houston has one of the best defenses, maybe the best perimeter defense in basketball. I could see them really shutting down uh, the two Guys from uh, Syracuse, Beheim, uh, and what's the other kid's name? I can't remember. D- it doesn't, name doesn't
1: right. matter what the other kid's name is. Buddy Another Bucket, short, the, it's short the Buddy, buddy Bucket, Bucket Show. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, they all
2: look, yeah. all the Syracuse kids just look like kids that didn't make it into Duke. Yeah, right. <laughs> they, they it, have it, the exact same look. And the other white kid, I think Houston. I, I like. I could see that. I, I had this game in like nine. I, I I'm not sure what what we're seeing here with Syracuse other than like we're getting infatuated with Bayheim in the tournament, and I just don't really believe in those sorts of things.
0: There's probably a bunch of public money coming in on them, given that they made the Sweet 16. And like you said, it's Bayheim in March. People have been watching the zone, listen to Rafferty go over and over again. It's time.
2: Yeah. And, and we saw this with Michigan State even in the first round. Like they had a nice little run there, but that team was pathetic all year. They uh, You could make an argument that they shouldn't even been in the tournament. They wouldn't have been in the tournament if they didn't win that last regular season game against Michigan. And then they get rolled by UCLA, you know? And it's like, well, that's not that surprising because the team stinks. So if, if Syracuse were to get rolled and they don't make, you know, 50% of their threes and Houston doesn't shoot 30%, albeit Houston offense didn't look good in the last game, uh, but. That's going to happen at times. I I just trust Houston more uh, than the Syracuse team that basically depends on making a bunch of threes and the other team making nothing. uh, And (laughs) there's close games. So I just I I would say that Houston uh, is a little that number there is just a little bit short for me. Um, But same thing with Arkansas. I just don't trust the matchup in the Arkansas game.
1: Yeah, it was like like the game plan that Syracuse had. And granted, yes, it was a lot of it was the fact that their defense was playing well. But like, just the game plan apparently was the other team's brains fall out before the game and they forget completely how to basketball. Like they would just, it's like they didn't figure out what was going on. Like, oh my god, the shot clock! Let's just huck one up now. Like this is, it was legitimately a bad game to watch. Like the Syracuse game sucked to watch. I didn't even have money on it. Um, and I guess two things too, with the timing, you know, you want to say trying to prepare for a tough zone like this, you do get a full ass week to get ready for this. You can actually practice, you can work on some things uh, rather than, you know, in the first weekend, that second game, such a quick turnaround, you get like one and a half practices to get ready for that. And then in the same light, when you do get a full week of, build up and the media and now there's fewer games so it's even more hyper focused like that's all that people have been talking about oh my god buddy buckets and oh my god the syracuse zone oh did you see how badly this team played against him so there does get to be that media narrative that kind of pumps yeah. up the one team and at the same time the other team gets all this extra time to prepare for a, a team that's not that great you know they uh, uh, you know, it's a decent ACC team, but it's certainly not the, a top end team. That and Houston, if they don't play like shit, which they did versus, yes. I mean, who was that? Rutgers? Yeah. I mean,
2: yeah, cool. like, uh, Rutgers defense is very good. So I, I don't know. Wanna... 95,
1: yeah. No, don't, yeah. don't, don't dig on them. Like, I had them advancing over Clemson in most, Brad, like, they were a good yeah. team. It's just they. Houston played like dog shit for like 95% of the game. And like, Oh my God, we need to win. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> we, we should, we yeah. should do the thing where we're good again.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and that was going to be the narrative because Houston in my model and Ken Palm, they're sitting at fourth, right? There's, I had them like sixth or fifth or something going into the tournament, you know? And, and I, a lot of people, including a lot of smart people were like this team. When I watch them, isn't very good. Like they're just winning games and blowing out bad teams, which is a, I would argue as a skill, but um, that was the argument against them. Was like this is another Gonzaga from ten years ago type situation, and I trust the numbers, right? I I tend to disagree uh, in that situation, and then they're losing the Rutgers, and it's like oh shit, what do we do here? Uh, And uh, maybe 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 everyone was right, and then they looked good for two minutes of that game and still won it. So you know that that's a good takeaway. Is like they played like absolute garbage for thirty eight minutes and won the game against a quality team. I, I think that's the takeaway that I'll, I'll it kind of, uh, you know, I'm biased towards myself. So I'll take, I'll use that as a, as my takeaway in that game.
0: So maybe to take a, s- a step back at a bigger level, uh, are we still destined for a Gonzaga Baylor final? What can you see sort of upsetting that apple cart?
2: Loyola Chicago. I mean, I said this when the tournament started, they're, they're ninth in Ken Palm. I think uh, they're like 10th in mine. Hold on. I can give you that number actually. Uh, 11th in mine. Uh, they were an eighth seed. I mean, it's ridiculous. Ninth, ninth uh, you know, the smart people were saying they're a top 10 team and got an eighth seed. It screwed over Illinois. That was a great matchup for Loyola, you know, even beyond like just base, you know, team stat numbers. Uh, The matchup there was great for them. They have a great perimeter defense. They play incredible team defense on high ball screens against Ida Sumo. Uh, And they were just kind of at the end of that game, they were kind of just letting Kofi do whatever and sending the free throw line. And the 50% free throw shooter went like six of seven or seven of eight down the stretch. And it it was like, that game should have even and could have been further apart. So uh, I think Loyola Chicago. I mean, I think Baylor and Gonzaga, obviously, the best teams on that side. They're one two in Ken Palm. Uh, they're one three in mine. Uh, Michigan is still in, but they kind of have a tough one here against Alabama. No, no Isaiah Livers uh, for them is gonna. You know, they're gonna have to make a lot of shots, and we're, we we have definitely seen. And I didn't think we would, but we have definitely seen a large reduction in Michigan's offense. Uh, in my opinion, uh, but they're still really good. I mean, they're like seven deep with just incredible athletes. Uh, So I I do think that I'm putting them pretty squarely behind Gonzaga at this point. Gonzaga's road is much easier. I think it's pretty clear to me, given any crazy sort of upset that, uh, especially with the Iowa loss, which maybe was the best chance to score with Gonzaga, uh, they're going to end up in that side. I, I did play some Alabama Final Four. I did play some Alabama Futures. Uh, I would like to see uh, Alabama win and, and beat Gonzaga here, but it, it, it's a tough road winning those two those two games for anybody. So, um, yeah. Loyola Chicago on that side, they're similar to Illinois, they're a good matchup for Baylor. Man, like they have the big man uh, who is—I don't know if you guys watched him, but he's—he's he's so goofy, his cart rate guy. Yeah. He's so goofy and like awkwardly, you know, uses his left hand really well, and is one of the might be the best passing big man in in the country. Like, it's so impressive, and he he doesn't have like this crazy skill set, but he can defend guys like Coburn, and he can stretch out and defend other guys. So against Vital, uh, I think you know he has uh, uh, you know a puncher's chance in that matchup, and that's a big piece for Baylor. So Loyola Chicago just. Their defense is so good. They have every piece. This reminds me of the Virginia team that won. They play incredible help defense and they have shooters all over the floor and a big, good passing big man. And that's, you know, a really good recipe to winning a lot of basketball games.
1: And we joked about that a little because a big, uh, you know, talking heads hot take before the tournament was that, you know, oh, man. Like this Loyola team is better than this. They kind of got screwed having to play a one seed right away. It's like, no, Illinois got screwed by not getting to play an eight seed, like a legitimate right. eight seed. Like you're supposed to have two teams, obviously a team that you should just fucking, you know, ruin for in the first game, beat by forty, and then you're right. supposed to have an eight seed that you're supposed to be a double digit favorite over, and instead you get a team that probably should have been on like the three
2: line. I would have favored you know, so, them. so it was
1: it was really tough that like that actually sucked for Illinois out of anybody.
2: I would have favored them against Ohio State and I would have favored them uh, against Iowa. So you know the only the only the two seeds that I would have made small favorites against Loyola were Alabama and Houston. So that pretty much kind of tells you the deal. There, I mean Kansas was a three. You know, like what yeah. the hell's going on here? Like they would be you know, multiple point favorites against Kansas. They certainly wouldn't be worse than Pickham. uh, In my opinion, I I liked Arkansas. I thought, you know, they were, they were seated properly. So that one was fine, but it it was crazy to me to see, see Loyola at eight. I was shocked that they weren't, give me four or five because of the conference or whatever, but,
1: yeah. No, and that, that yeah, like the, the resume sucked, I guess, but it's still like the, the the advanced metrics is like this is a really good team. This is a team that's done it before. Uh, you know, Crutwig's so good. And um I, I guess back and back to Noobs' uh, Gonzaga question there too. And people have made a case for this, and I've started to trick myself in my head a little because I've watched both USC games, and it's like they are the longest gd team in the world like like nba long in you know the, everybody's got so much size and uh you know they're so big and athletic it's like this is a really tough team to beat and I, am i just saying am i just worried because like usc has not played somebody with like legitimate three four shooters like in are they can they i think it's a, i think usc wins first off i think they win that game and then, you know, do they give Gonzaga some trouble with all that size? And, I mean, it's just a really good team. And the, to, and yeah. also, fun fact, their coach has never lost a game against the spread in the tournament now. He's <laughs> 9-0 <laughs> against the spread with them and Florida Gulf Coast, yeah.
2: And I think they're yeah. taking money. I made them about a three-point favorite in this game. My issue with – I was really on USC about halfway through the season uh, and then they just started laying eggs and, and they kind of limped into the tournament a little bit. So my kind of fell off of them some, but I agree the length I think obviously is going to cause problems for anybody. Uh, I just have seen this team go really cold on offense. And you saw in the last game against Kansas when they're playing well, you know, defensively and offensively, what could happen. Uh, yeah. But that, this is what makes the tournament crazy is like, we saw a team like Oregon state who I don't think is very good. Got crazy hot running into the tournament shooting wise and just have kept that going. And we've, we've mentioned Syracuse too, but Oregon state's another one to where Oklahoma state was, you know, they, they came into the tournament really hot, but coming into that, the priors on them weren't great. Right. So it's not that surprising to see them lose other than, you know, they were completely propped up at the end of games by Kate Cunningham. Rightfully so. I mean, he's the most NBA ready player in the country, but this Oregon State team, the same sort of story. I have them, like, in the 40s from, from a ranking standpoint, and they just keep shooting the lights out. And it's like, well, are they good, or are they just shooting the lights out here? You know, I I don't know. But uh, the beauty of the tournament is that, you know, you generally can get hot and cold throughout the tournament even. But if you just have one part of your game working, like like Baylor did, or uh, like Houston did in the last game where they were really stout defensively uh, against a bad offense, you know, you can find a way to get through
0: I'm Bowdy. Bu- I'm
1: All right. Well, I don't know. I've run out of questions.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah. I like hearing that you're at Alabama. So I have an Alabama future. I've got a Houston future that I'm trying to figure out what to do with. I think you have an Oregon I forgot future. how many futures
1: that's, you had. That's yeah, probably you those.
0: I know. I got a bunch. It's Our funny. Wayne likes to send me stuff. like It's the same guy from yesterday. stuff and things. Yeah. The, the, so the guy that I posted.
1: The guy that I posted, the golf picks that uh, I said, I agree with Dwayne on everything. I'm just playing the same thing as him, just at better numbers. Same guy. He plays so <laughs> many college futures. He always gets good prices on them. It's just so hard to get one of these all the way through. Again, I am I'm solo Andy. I'm Gonzaga only. That's all I have is a 10-to-1 on them. I do have a little piece of Arkansas to make the final four. So yeah. it, it wouldn't hurt me to see them get through here. Um, I guess just to touch on, and I know we got to get you cut you loose here because you got a thing to do at noon. But uh, final question, and I'm I'm going full screen, Frank, on this because I wrote the article. I mean, you understand the math. You're you're a smart kid. We, you know, with the sponsor, we have the free bet, the risk free bet, and I'm trying to explain to people about expected value. And basically, if you have a free bet, you should bet it on the biggest goddamn underdog there is in the world. And, you know, a lot of people can't get completely behind putting something on like a hundred to one understanding expected value just because they're not the kind of people that are just constantly collecting accounts. They're not going to have a hundred free shots at this to finally get one through and find their expected value. So I said, like, hey, maybe the happy medium is still not betting a favorite. Like, you know, find an underdog that you like. Try to get a little more expected value by playing a dog price just because it is a risk-free bet. So. You have to give me one of, and truthfully, there's only six underdogs, really, because the, you know, the Florida State Michigan game is pretty closely lined. Like Florida State's like plus one twenty, and then there's one that's pretty much a pick'em, and so there's really only six decent underdogs. So give me one. If you had to bet one with your risk free with a free bet right now, who is your? Watch this. Oh, this is the wrong one. (laughs) Here we go. I'm going full full screen, Frank. (laughs) Who's your underdog? You'd bet out of those six if you had to.
2: Oh man, you you really are putting on me on the spot here. It's not going to be Oregon yeah, State. I didn't prepare you for this. Uh, it's not definitely not going to be serious. The problem is I like so many of these favorites. Um, That's the
1: thing. That's I'm stuck on that as well.
2: I'm gonna get a little bit crazy here just because I watched this last game pretty closely, intently with Villanova plus two forty four. They're worse than Baylor. I'm not going to make an argument for them there. I think this line is pretty accurate, but they shot the ball so well in these first two games that it just reminds me of the fact that, you know, they might have the best coach in the tournament and they've done this so many times and made runs, whether they're, you know, a number one seed or a number four seed or number five seed or whatever it is. So if you, if you, you're twisting my arm here uh, plus, what is it? Two seventies out there on on Villanova. I think that's a little bit high, given the you know their situation. And I think Baylor is vulnerable at times. Very solid team, but they're going to be massively outcoached in this game. I
1: right. dig it. I so the lead, the lead pipe, lead pipe, stone cold, <laughs> lock the century, Villanova. All right, Frank, I'll let you go. Thanks a lot, man. You can check Frank out over at elitesportsbetting.com and all over Twitter. As an athlete. Thanks a lot, bud. Oh, he left on his own. Good for him. So, all right. Like we said, as always, picks, picks, picks. We have stuff for betting. Um, one, two, three, four. What was that? Is that the neighbors?
0: No, no, that's the dog. Crazy dog. dog right. is, um has to take steroids for his ears, so he has to go out quite a bit. But uh, he makes Sixers it. anyway.
1: Not playing tonight. One, two, three, four, five, seventy-sixers. But it. you do have
0: some NBA picks. We'll we'll
1: rifle through some picks here quick before we let you go for the weekend, guys. Huh.
0: Yeah, huge slate tonight in the association. Three looks that I like quite a bit here. Minnesota minus three and a half. It's kind of a hold your nose play here. We're just going to be fading the Houston Rockets. I'm just going to keep betting against the Houston Rockets, especially at small numbers like this, until either the numbers get bigger or the Houston Rockets show me that they seem to care about playing basketball. Um, Basically, I've traded away everybody but John Wall and Christian Wood. It's just an absolute mess of a team. They really don't seem focused on winning in any way, shape, or form. So Minnesota, really anybody minus 3.5, honestly, against Houston at this point, especially Minnesota being at home, um, only the 3.5 there. Cleveland plus 4. This is one that I, I, I did bet, but I'm keeping an eye on. Based on the price, based on the way that Cleveland has taken money, it, it leads me to believe that Colin Sexton's hamstring is okay and he's going to play tonight. If you do bet this, Pay attention, and if he's out, quickly try to grab up some Lakers because I I think the line will move, and I think if you are able to grab the four, this will probably close hopefully around three, maybe a little less than that, so you might get a chance with the late announcement to get like a one-point middle or so. So keep an eye on that, but everything that I'm reading, that I'm seeing in the market leads me to believe Sexton is playing. Um, Again, nothing's been announced, but the way people (laughs) are betting it, I have to think that he's in.
1: It's not like they missed him the other day either, it felt like. Like oh shit, um, kind of a goofy it's, team for me.
0: Yeah, it's they're fun. I'm grabbing the points, and again, part of this is you know I'm waiting for Lakers prices to, um, you know, kind of uh, reach an appropriate level here. I think that you know again, if Sexton is playing, this is like basically Lakers minus one, maybe it might even just be a pick'em. So happy to grab Cleveland here plus the four points.
1: I gotcha. How did we settle on a team total? You like Boston to as a fade, but you didn't like the spread. Or what? What are we doing here?
0: It was I, I like the under. I think that in this Boston Milwaukee game, a lot of things that I was looking at in terms of my projections and numbers were pointing me towards an under. It's tough to bet unders in Milwaukee games. They tend to be an over team. Uh, they can get really hot and put up a big number. So started to take a look at the Boston team total. And if you start to look at the roster based on some of the trades that they made, they're going to be very short-handed tonight. Um, I think that what you're going to see here essentially is um, some of the starters are going to play longer minutes. I expect the pace to be down given that Brad Stevens knows they're going to have to play longer minutes. And I think he's going to want less possessions, less opportunities for Milwaukee to get out and run quite a bit. Um, but yeah, Tristan Thompson's out. semi lays out. Fournier's won't be ready in time. Mo Wagner won't be ready in time it's going to be a pretty short bench here for the Boston Celtics. So I think that they're going to try to slow the pace. And instead of getting involved in a full game total and leaving myself some exposure to Milwaukee, putting up a big number, I'll just grab the Boston team total under 114. I like it.
1: I didn't, I didn't uh, get too involved in golf today. It started early. I had things to do, but I do have one. This is kind of a smaller look for me. Andy Sullivan. He looks kind of like he's got a beard, smiley, nice guy. Um, Jason Day kind of playing like garbage. Jason Day not even getting saved with his putting here. Both of these men are eliminated from advancing from their pod. Today is nut cutting day. There will be some very fun, uh, you know, matches that determine who moves on in their pods and goes into the group or into the knockout play of the weekend. I'm looking pretty good on Sergio and uh, Mr. Dustin Johnson, as they both should get out of their group if things go right. Sergio hasn't lost yet. So this is one where both men are drawing dead. But I, I think Sullivan, just being a younger guy, probably plays a little – well, just – I don't think he's just going to punt this like Jason day has been around. He's not, I don't think he's probably very excited to be here and he's playing like garbage. He was dead last in round one in approach. He's like bottom three TD green for the entire tournament right now. He's not playing well. He probably shouldn't be a favorite over most anybody. And I mean, Sullivan is playing half decent. It's just, he's had some tougher matchups. So Sullivan right now is losing most of his strokes on the putting surface. If he can pick up even one or two putting, I, well, just like let, let your approach game handle this. You should be able to beat Jason Day or at least have this. So Sullivan over Day plus 135. I think this is just a little mispriced, and I just don't like Jason Day. No. Just, mm. And this one, a couple hours from now. This doesn't start for a couple hours. Um, I made this slide, um, noopsie, and it says WTA Miami Friday. A little foreshadow might be a little foreshadowing.
0: That's right. We'll see if maybe we got something for Saturday. But for now let's focus on what we have today. Um we're going to start with an overstack here. Annette Contivate is playing soronic here Um you know was able to get a 20 here. As I'm taking a look at it right now there's still a 20 20 and a half is okay. If you can get a 21 at plus money that's probably fine too. These are two big hitters strong servers. I think that we're definitely again you know as I say a lot of times here when I'm breaking these down there's gonna be a seven, six, seven, five, if not a seven, six in one of these first two sets. I would hang this 21, very juicy, even 21 and a half. I was really surprised that we were able to get 20. That's just a really nice number. And over two and a half sets at plus 180. You know, again, as, if the over 20 is off, usually the correlation to the two and a half sets looks nice as well. Um, these two women have played a three-setter, I believe, either this year or late last year. Again, should be a very competitive match. I think we'll see two long sets, hopefully three. So Full unit there on the over 20 and a half unit on the over two and a half sets at plus 180.
1: And I do, I want to address this quick before we move on to, I foreshadowed there'd be Saturday, but uh, yeah, the group is messed up. I didn't even look at, I, I haven't looked at updated group prices, but there are some goofy groups where not everyone, you know, not every group has men who are eliminated. Like everyone in the group is kind of done shitty and just there's been a draw. Um, there is a chance that he could, there could be some, some play a three-way playoff. So I'll have to take a look at that. I kind of want to look at outright prices. Now I'm going to dig into that. I know some people (laughs) found some, well, people found some funny outright prices. Either way. I don't, I don't think uh, Jason Day should be favored in this, but not drawing dead is even better. I'm not sure how I feel about Jason Day, not drawing dead, but. Uh, we'll see how that goes. So thanks for the update. I'm going to dig in. Yeah, we, we did a little math in some chats this morning regarding Bryson's chances. Some books had some funny prices on that as well. So something to look at with uh, all the rules. They will, if there are ties, they'll just have sudden death playoff holes. So like I said, somebody could play seven rounds of golf this weekend. Somebody could play extra on top of that, really, if they end, end up in some of these playoff holes here too. So it could get, uh, could get squirrely this afternoon. That'll be fun.
0: But well, you missed one. Oh, you to go back. We didn't do Samsonova oh, did yet. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were through that. You cut I me love, off to babble sh- about golf or some nonsense. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Event. I forgive you. Let Mila Samsonova. Um, I'm gonna lay a couple spreads here. She's playing Kiki Burdens now. Kiki Burdens has as many WTA main draw matches as I'm sorry, two more main draw WTA matches as Andy and I, and she has as many wins as Andy and I do on the WTA tour this year again she's played two matches she lost the first one 6062 the second one 6164 it's just in tremendously poor form um, hasn't played at all since coming really to Miami generally does poor in this tournament so happy to bag Lubmillis back I'm sorry Leavilla Samsonova who worked her way through qualifying here and instead of playing the money line or putting her in a parlay I actually thought there was some value in some of these spreads Minus three you should find at standard juice at the worst. You might even be able to find that at a small plus number. If you look also, we're going to take an alternate spread here at minus five and a half, and that should be right in the range of plus 240. So a full unit at minus three and a half unit at minus five and a half on Miss Samsonova against Kiki Burdens as she continues to struggle her way through the season.
1: All right, now on to Saturday, bonus picks. (laughs) Don't usually do this, although we did, you know, we gave out some college basketball for the weekend. So Saturday, these lines are up already.
0: It is. It's nice because it's a bigger tournament. They're kind of playing That's true. at people. Players are getting a day off. So we get some of these look ahead lines, which is nice and really like this total here at Katarina. Alexandrova is playing Alina Svitolina. They hung a 21. I would have hung a juicy 21 and a half, maybe even a rare 22 in the WTA. These two play very long matches. Um, again, still, I, I'm going to play yes on a tiebreaker here. Um, if you have that market, which uh, you do, if you have access to a, a regulated can book, take a look for that at, actually be over 0.5 tiebreakers but I'll be playing that here as well but for everybody else the total over 21 I think that's a great number and then over two and a half sets plus 150 um, I make this plus 140 maybe like plus 142 if I'm being perfectly honest so playing a little less of an edge than I normally would just given kind of the history here between these players and Spitalina and Alexandrova's you know um, love basically for playing three setters it's uh, pretty wild here. So full unit on the twenty one, half unit on the two and a half sets.
1: I love it. Let's go weekend. I've I'm not buying whiskey tonight because I am gonna spend so much money on this Freaking crab boil. <laughs> I don't have a propane tank. That's like 50 bucks. Seafood's expensive. My wife's already mad because she realizes, like, I'm going to go spend $200 to boil food and throw on a picnic table uh, this weekend. So I'll just drink the whiskey I have. So no whiskey post this weekend. But I feel to- better
0: when she's got the crabs and the butter going.
1: Feel yeah. Like I'll f- I always feel better when she has crabs. So we will head to the weekend, hopefully with some winners. Thanks for joining us. Jeff D. thanks for setting me straight. I read the 00 and 2 rung. It's has two ties. I, um, I read it as losses. So Sullivan Live, J Day Dead. Even better. I think I like it even better. This is our Friday Super episode brought to you by WinBet, powered by Spurts. I'm Andy, he's Alex, and we'll catch Good you on Monday. Monday.